Praise the name of the Lord. Again, everyone, we want to welcome everyone to our Bible class uh, here at Faith Deliverance and International Ministries. Uh, giving God thanks for everyone who has taken the time out just to join with us tonight. Uh, as we continue to reflect on God's word, uh, last week we started studying from the book of 1st John chapter 2 we're going back there tonight 1st John chapter 2 and we had discussed um, the proof that one really knows God. And the seven steps from First John chapter 2. And we, we actually read from verse 3. And then going down to verse 11. But we had stopped at verse 6. We should pick it up at verse 7 going to 11 to, uh, this afternoon. So... First John chapter um, two, and I was told I spoke about seven steps, and and that there are two that will guarantee you that you have the knowledge of God. But that's not what I I meant. So if I had said that and anybody heard that, and that's not what I meant. Um, John writes to us in the epistle of 1 John chapter 2. We discussed last week, the first is keeping God's commandment. Reading from verse 3 to 6. And we ask the question, how do we know? We looked at the passage of scripture from 1 John chapter 3 and verse 23. And this is his commandment that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ. And love one another as he gave us the commandment. First John 3 and verse 23. So to know him, we must believe in the revelation of Jesus Christ. To know him, we have to believe in the one whom he has sent. Jesus Christ, God himself revealed in flesh. And secondly, to know him, we must love one another. Okay, so, so to begin tonight, let's turn to the book of 
Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4, verse 1. Adam knew his knew Eve his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with, with Abel his brother. And it came to pass, when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel his brother, and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood cried unto me from the ground the Lord said to Cain why are you so angry why do you look so dejected you will be accepted if you do what is right but if you refuse to do what is right then watch out sin is crouching at the door eager to control you but you must subdue it and be its master here is a passage of scripture where some of us or probably everyone is quite familiar with it two brothers Cain and Abel They went in the presence of the Lord to worship him, to offer sacrifice and offering unto the Lord. The Bible said that, that Abel offered unto the Lord from the firstborn of his flock the best portions while Cain who was a tiller of the ground 
and he presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Two men, two brothers, same parents. And here, while they were offering their gifts to the Lord, the Lord looked down and one Abel and accepted his offering but he rejected Cain's offering and because of that Cain became hurt became angry but his anger was towards his brother so he called him out to the field the Bible said that while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother. He so emotionally charged. He acted out physically. He attacked his brother and killed him in the midst of worship. Both of them had gone up to worship this one God, the eternal God. One decided how he's going to worship the Lord. And one is presenting his offering by faith. One is accepted, one is rejected. And the end result is murder. To know the Lord Jesus to know God means that we have to love one another. First John chapter 2 and verse 7 tells us, reading from the New Living Translation, Dear friends, I am not writing a new commandment for you. Rather, it is an old one you have had from the very beginning. This old commandment to, lo to love one another is the same message you have heard. Yet it is also new. Jesus lived the truth of this commandment and you are living it. For the darkness is disappearing and the true light is already shining. John begins by telling us that this is not a new commandment. He said, dear friends, he's writing to believers. I am not writing a new commandment. He's not telling us what the commandment is as yet. But he's saying that it is not a new commandment, but an old commandment. It's the very commandment that you have heard from the beginning of time. One of the very first things that God. Had said to man. When look at Leviticus 19 and verse 18. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your own people. But you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. 
love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Don't take vengeance or bear a grudge against your brothers, your own people. But you should love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. John says, he's talking now. He says, I'm not writing a new commandment. Rather, it is an old one you have heard from the beginning. This old commandment to love one another is the same message you have heard. But this old commandment is also new. It is new because of Jesus Christ. It is new because Jesus Christ has lived out this commandment. We are we were eyewitnesses of this. He lived it out. The commandment of love, loving one's neighbor. We watched our master. We saw him how he patterned his life. We lived in this world and we recognized how refreshing it was. He not only loved his friends, but he loved his enemies. Loved so-called good people and so-called bad people. He never selected who to share his love with. Showed his love to a woman who was caught in the act of adultery. Showed his love to the lepers. Showed his love to a Samaritan woman. When we came and we saw him, we were surprised that he was talking with the Samaritan woman. But he had no prejudice. We saw love in a new dimension expressed in him. We never, we never knew love like this until he came. We've never seen it like this. He grudged no one. He loved the clean, loved the dirty. Love that he Express brought him to a sinner's house, sat down, had a meal with them. The love that he had shown allowed a woman who did not have a good name. They say she was a sinner. But he allowed her to wash his feet her tears and to dry them with her hair we've never seen love like that and so 
I'm telling you, it is new. This old commandment is new because of Jesus Christ. Love. I said, Jesus lived the truth of this commandment. And not only Jesus living the truth of this commandment, you who are in Christ are also living it. Why? Because the darkness is disappearing and the true light is already shining. The darkness is disappearing and the true light is already shining. Let's look at Matthew 5 and verse 43. He said, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. being said love your neighbor and hate thine enemy but I say unto you love your enemies these are the words of Jesus and bless them that curse you do good to them that hate you and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you reason being that he may be the children of your father see how serious this word is from the Lord the easiest thing is to react in a manner that a person possibly has reacted to you or acted out to you. Somebody showing hatred. The easiest thing to do is possibly to act out in the same manner. Ignore such a one. Oh, you don't like me? Well, I don't like you either. But Jesus says, love your enemies. It is easy, brothers and sisters, to love someone who loves us. It is easy. Even the people in the world can do that. But Jesus says, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you do good to them that hate you so we know that such a person hates us Jesus said good I'm happy you know but you, you will have to respond by doing good to them 
such a person speaking evil of you, cursing you. Jesus says, bless them. Bless them. Don't curse them back. That's the easiest response. But bless them. And pray for them. For who? For everyone who uses you. Despitefully use you. They have not shown love to you. But you have love within you. There's love residing in every man that's in Christ. So Jesus said, pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Like Stephen, he's been stoned for declaring the gospel. He's been stoned and Stephen said, Lord, he's asking the Lord not to lay to their charge. Forgive them. Because they are not aware of what they are doing. Don't lay, don't lay these sins to their charge. Forgive them. Have mercy upon them. That's love. The Lord says now, when you do these things, you will be the children of your Father, which is in heaven. Because the natural thing, brothers and sisters, is to strike back, respond with hatred, ignore, neglect, criticize, different things. But the Lord said, that's not the, the way of the believing saint. Believing saint has to take a high road. The one who knows God will have to take a, a very high road. He'll have to respond according to what the Lord has given him. Love is within him. And so he has to respond in love. The only way, brothers and sisters, as Matthew 5, 43 is teaching us, the only way that we may be children of our Father which is in heaven is to love like God loves. He says a new commandment, new because of Christ, And it's wonderful because it's living. We are living in it because we are in Christ. And love is in us. He said, for the darkness is disappearing and the true light is already shining. Darkness, the whole idea of love. So there's a brilliance of a light that is shining upon us now that will allow us to 
to love like Jesus did. It is in the heart, in the spirit of every man who believes in Jesus. Every man who have received of him. We have the capacity to love. What 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 is it that every that's what's so different about this love? It is not an emotional one. Is that that's the love that the world shares? The possibility of loving today and changing tomorrow. This love is the love that comes from God. It is different. And every man that comes in this world is designed to be loved of God. Whether we believe in him or not, we cry out for it. We want to be loved. We want all of us desires the love of God. It's just that some of us don't have the knowledge of what it is. But deep down, there's a cry for the love of God. Here John continues. Now he said, if anyone claims I am living in the light, but hates a fellow believer, that person is still living in darkness. This is this is a man who says he's a professing Christian. Claims he's in the light. But he hates a fellow believer. Claim that he knows God. But he dislikes, he hates his brother. Claims that he's walking in the light. But he dislikes his brother. He hates his brother. Claims he's baptized in Jesus name. Filled with the Holy Ghost. But hates his brother. He reads the word. Shows up. At the services. Possibly. Plays a, a role, has a role in the church, but hates his brother. Doesn't matter who that person is. John says that person is still living in darkness. That person is not walking in the light. does not know God because one cannot know God and hate his brother he's in the darkness he's not walking with God if we remember clearly Matthew chapter 7 verse 21 tells us Not everyone that said unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. 
So the professing saint or individual who says he knows God does not keep his commandment does not does not love his brother hates his brother shouts Lord Lord call the name of the Lord Jesus but still hates his brother he's still in darkness he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven the kingdom of heaven is for children of the light and if we're in darkness that means we're not in the light whosoever hated his brother is a murderer First John 3 and verse 15. Whosoever hated his brother is a murderer. He's in darkness. That's what John is saying. And he know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Christ is not in him. And he's not in Christ. Verse John 4 and verse 20. If a man say, I love God and hated his brother, he's a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? First John 1 and verse 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him, with Jesus, and walk in darkness, the man who hates his brother is living in darkness. So if we say we have fellowship with Christ and walk in darkness, we lie, we're lying. Doesn't matter what we say. truth is if we're walking in darkness if we hate our brother and say we have fellowship with Jesus Christ the truth is not in us we're lying and do not the truth the obedient man the man who is in Christ Jesus the one who is seeking to know God by believing in Jesus Christ and loving his brother. The Bible said, anyone who loves a fellow believer is living in the light. Any, any person that loves a fellow believer, that person is living in the light living in the light 
And there's nothing in him that could make him trip. From the New Living Translation, it says, and does not cause others to stumble. I'm not sure that is a, a good translation of what the scripture meant. But from the complete Jewish Bible, it says, the person who keeps loving his brother remains in the light. As a product of the light. And there's nothing in him that could make him trip. He abides in the light that is in Christ. He walks with Christ. He has fellowship with his brothers. He's walking with God. He's in the light. His eyes are not blinded. So because of that, he does not trip. Nothing that will cause him to stumble. Let's look on 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Paul says, if I could speak all the languages of the earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrifice my body. I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Even after giving everything to the poor and even sacrificing my body, all I can do is boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have achieved, I would have gained nothing. Paul says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud. Or rude. It does not demand its own way. That's love. Love does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. Very profound statement here by Paul. And it keeps no record of being wronged. Love. Love is not a post-it, post-it app, like a sticky note where we document or keep records 
of being wronged. That's not love. Keeps no record, absolutely no record of being wronged. Does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. That's love. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always. Hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Brothers and sisters, these these few verses are so easy to read. Never gives up. Never loses faith. I remember when we were in Sunday school as young kids I memorized these verses so proud to know that you have memorized them and can repeat them whether it's for your golden text or whatever it may be the following Sunday but as you progress through life the older we become our experiences that we have in life challenges when love is put to the the test and we have to go back and think about the reality of these words patient love kind not jealous or boastful or proud or rude Love is not rude. Love will not allow us to respond in an unkind way to others. To look on others with contempt. That's not love. Unless you do what I say. That's not love. Does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wrong. So, what do we do with the emotional hurt? What, what do we do when others have wronged us? where the whole subject of forgiveness comes in. Because love tells us that we cannot keep record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith. It's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. That's love. 
first John chapter two and verse nine. Verse ten, rather. Anyone who loves a fellow believer is living in the light and does not cause others to stumble. For he himself does not stumble because he is in Christ. Nothing can take him away from the love of God. Nothing can separate him from the love of God. Either tribulation or distress, distress or persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, or even the sword. Nothing can separate him. He's walking in the light. He's in Christ. He loves Christ. He loves his neighbor. He loves his brother. And this, like John said, it's not a, it's an old commandment, but it's new because of Christ Jesus. In Deuteronomy chapter 10 and verse 19, the Lord commanded his people, the Israelites, to love the sojourner, the stranger. Therefore, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. In other words, remember where you're coming from and make sure that you love the stranger that's amongst you. Because you yourselves were strangers in Egypt. Jesus says, this is how men will know that you are my disciples. When you love one another. John 13 and verse 35. Not by what we say, by our deeds. Not by who we claim to be. But our deeds. Jesus said. That's the only way people will know. That you're following me. It's when you love. One another. How? John 15 and verse 12 tells us. This is my commandment. It's Jesus that's. Speaking that he loved one another as I have loved you, that's a challenge to each and every one of us. Now, brothers and sisters, even though it's a challenge, I submit to you tonight that the Lord will not require it of us if He had granted us the ability, what it takes to love one another as He has loved us. He couldn't be a God of love if he expected us to love like he loved us without giving us what it takes to love one another the way he loved us. For the Holy Ghost is the love of God shed abroad in our hearts. 
finally we come to another individual person who hates his brother is in the dark verse 11 anyone who hates a fellow believer is still living and walking in darkness it's good for us to believe that especially if we are struggling loving a fellow believer anyone who hates a fellow believer is still living and walking in darkness that means he's still in this world because the whole world is in darkness John is saying, if he hates another believer, he's alive and walking in darkness. The darkness of this world. Why? Because he's bitter. He's not in the light. He's not walking with Christ. If we are not with him, we're against him. If we're not children of the light, we're children of darkness, children of the world. That's why Christ came into the world to redeem us out of this realm of darkness that we live in, born in sin, shaped in iniquity. Such a person does not know the way to go. Because he's living in darkness. His entire mind is focused upon the world. Hating his brother is a, is a product of the dark realm that he's a part of. John said, such a person does not know the way to go, having been blinded by the darkness. Lost his direction. Does not know where to go. Can't see beyond this life. He's blinded. Eternal life is not his focus. Seeks out the comfort, pleasures of this world. He's self-centered. He's in darkness. He's overwhelmed by it. Does not know the way to go, having been blinded. By the darkness. That's a tragedy. It's very difficult. 
believing person. The one who loves a fellow believer is living in the light and does not cause others to stumble. Or he himself does not trip up. Lives in the light. Eternal life is in him. He knows the way to go. He's not blinded by the world. The darkness that's in this world. The light is shining on him. Darkness is disappearing. And the true light is already shining on him. His focus, his mind is focused upon Christ. He's living the word. Not just hearing, but doing what the Lord says. And because of that, he remains in the light. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. I believe we have come to the end of tonight's um, teaching. If there are any questions, Take them now. I know I have one question from last week. In the meantime, while I am looking for this question, please prepare your questions if you have any. So last week, the question was asked if there are there are allowances for physical protection. Would it be fair to say there's emotional protection where we love but also need to protect ourselves? I believe it was asked by Sister Karamula. Yes, sir. If she's online. Yes, yes, Pastor. Okay, you're online. God bless you, Sister Caramola. So there are allowances for physical protection. We were talking about this last week in an abusive, physically abusive situation. Um, and it's a fair question to ask. One that is emotionally hurt by individuals. If it is wise to protect yourself or any allowances to protect yourself where we love but also need to protect ourselves. Okay, so the challenge with em being emotionally hurt it is sometimes even more challenging than a physical hurt. The book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 1. And I believe that an individual who is emotionally hurt needs healing. The 
Paul writes to us here. He says, all praise to God, Father, for our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. Source of all comfort. I believe one of the first steps of someone who is emotionally hurt is to be or to open up to the Lord. If we're going to get healing, we'll have to open up everything to the Lord. Casting our cares upon him because he cares for us. Our burdens, the pain, the, the, the challenges, whatever it is that we are, that has caused us any hurt. Paul says that he is the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. Now, one of the, my personal belief, and based on what I have read in the scriptures, for us to, if we are, if we are, if we are, have been emotionally hurt, that issue, we will have to deal with it before we can put ourselves in a position where it will cause us to relapse or to uh, cause further hurt, so to speak. What am I saying? Party no, A has hurt party B. And party B is so hurt, does not know how to communicate with sister A. And so, if, if she places herself without coming to the Lord, going to the Lord, seeking the comfort of the Lord, seeking healing that comes from the Lord, what, what will happen is that this individual will go back in the same place with an open wound. And what will happen most times is that the wound will be aggravated, whether it be arguments, going falling back in the same trap, or whatever it may be. So one of the first steps to take, and I've had this in the past, is where I have to open up to the Lord because he knows, and I tell him exactly, Lord, this thing is challenging, and I'm finding it difficult. Can you lead me through your word and heal me? Because my intention is to love the way you have asked me to love, but I'm finding it difficult. And the Lord, he knows how to comfort us. Sometimes the situation is not necessarily the other party's fault, so to speak. 
sometimes it happened for a very good reason. Because sometimes it allows us. That's why it's important for us to take everything back to the Lord in prayer. It allows us to, to know something that is in us that the Lord wants to deal with. And so, you're emotionally hurt, but there's something that's causing the hurt. Sometimes it's not external. Somebody may have highlighted it. Just like an angry person. Nobody makes us angry. Anger is resting in our bosom. Just that somebody may have highlighted it. So in coming to the Lord who comforts us, he's the one that is going to bring us through a process to heal us. That when we are healed, we won't have to fake anything. He knows how to deal with us. So my answer to the question, Sister Karamula, uh, if one, if a person is not healed, if we're going out on our own strength, then it can become difficult. But if we bring everything back to the Lord, open up our hearts before him and, 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 and be real with him, be real with him. Others mock um, Thomas, the disciple of Jesus, who said, you know what? Uh, you All of you are spiritual, and, uh, but I'm not going to just take this like that unless I see those nail scar hands. I have to see it. I have to touch it. And then I will, be, I will believe. And Jesus showed up and gave him what he asked for. I believe there's a next question. Someone asks, Sister Mary has asked, what do you do in the interim while you're waiting to be healed? I don't believe that the, if you have taken it to the Lord, I don't believe he's going to leave, leave you without a word, without a guidance, uh, without uh, speaking into your spirit, showing you the way that you need to take. And so, if we come to him, in that manner, next we have to ask him to be obedient. Because the only way that we are going to be delivered is by doing what he says. Wherever he leads us in that situation, we will have to follow. That's the only way that deliverance comes. We have to follow exactly uh, what he, he states. I hope that has answered your question, Sister Karamula. Yes, from, from the biblical point, yeah. Yes, Pastor. Okay. Can I ask you a question, Sister Karamula? 
before just before we go sure yes pastor what, what do you mean by the from the biblical point um because um um from what i i for, so my question was the emotional protection um like guarding your heart and stuff like that like you know according to the question that i asked so um you know if if i had asked the same question as you answered when sister um oh god i'm very bad with names sister jody when sister jody asked about the physical you were quite direct in answering but when it came to the emotional it's sort of go around and around and more more biblical instead of being very direct i didn't get the direct from it okay, as so, if, as in physical okay so in summary what i was saying what i meant to say if you didn't understand is that if you are not healed from the situation going back into that situation can it can become very traumatic so i believe the first course that you need to take or a person whoever the person may be the first step is for healing to take place because when somebody is emotionally hurt it's within there's a pain within and oftentimes we don't talk about it so so such a person will need healing on the inside and if it's 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 important for us to go before the lord and open up to him so that we can be healed and sometimes uh, brothers and sisters uh, having a, a mature um, christian if if you let me go back to the scripture Paul says he comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others so what Paul is saying sometimes even when we have these challenges the lord draws close to us comforts us why because he's preparing us so that we will know how to comfort others so we can't lose focus of him even these difficult situations so if you're not healed it's not it's it's not the best thing for you to expose yourself where you can cause further hurt okay pastor i got it okay god bless you <laughs> bless you praise the name of the lord everyone okay sorry sister jody 
Yeah. That's the last question before we go. No, I just I just wanted to reiterate on that, Pastor. Like I think so much of our pain really stems from the emotional side, even when we're, you know, boxed and beaten physically. It's really an emotional scar that's really been happening on the inside. So I, I love the fact that you said that this is it's really something that God has to do his surgery on. And if we go to a doctor and we don't expect to just go to the doctor bruised and bleeding and just walk out without a prescription or a method of, uh, you know, steps to healing, then we shouldn't expect the same from God where we just go and just uh, talk to God and then don't expect him to give us a prescription of his word to, to help us with, with the healing process. Just recently, I was reminded of something that has been very traumatic in uh, my life. And I, I, I was like, but God, I thought I did. You know, we went through this whole healing process. Jesus, <laughs> why are we back here again where we were feeling the hurt again? And, um, I, you know, I want to give God thanks because it, it's just like I was reminded, like, I can't talk to the person that has hurt me. Uh, but what I can do is I can, you know, just turned myself to the Lord. I went into the washroom and I opened up my arms and just said, Lord, this is what the person did. It was wrong, but I'm going to again, give it back to you and ask you to help me with it. And sometimes just doing that simple act of just verbally agreeing with yourself that you're handing it over to the Lord can be so very beneficial for uh, continued steps to healing. Amen. That is so true, Sister Joy. And if we if we if we recall also the life of of Jacob and the issue with his brother Esau, Jacob spent some time with his father-in-law, was tricked by his father-in-law, mistreated by his father-in-law. And Genesis 32 tells us that. The angels of the Lord came to meet him. And he wanted now to go to see his brother Esau. Because this is his brother. He wants to restore his relationship with with his brother. But Jacob needed some healing. He needed to be touched by the Lord. He needed, uh, the Bible tells us that at one point in time, he had a, a vision. He had a vision of the uh, of, of, of heaven opened up. He saw a ladder stretching from heaven down to earth and angels ascending and descending on the ladder. Next Bible tells us that Jacob, he himself, the Lord himself, changed his name. Changed it to Israel. Gave him a new name. New purpose. Healing in his life. That when he went out to see his brother, even though at one point in time he was so fearful, he went out in the strength of the Lord. 
in that rest and that relationship he at least he had the ability but he sought to meet him fell on his neck and kiss him so healing is always important because brothers and sisters we can physically hug each other and our heart is saying something else so what whatever is wrong on the inside of the heart must be dealt with my brothers hurt me that must be dealt with because the physical hug <laughs> means nothing if there's still an issue on the inside praise the name of the lord let us unmute our microphones as we prepare to pray <laughs> 